0: everyone, to the R.E.S.T. podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Williams, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and R.E.S.T., Virginia Dixon.
1: Kiki, I'm glad to have you back to discuss a few things. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, I just wanted to say that the way that you wrapped up um, our conversation before was just so, so perfect because you mentioned independence and freedom of choice, right? And that, that freedom of living. And I just, my heart sang when you said that, because you totally got the premise of my work, which is total and complete choice, whether it be of the foods, of when you're eating. And if we rob ourselves of that, how can we live full lives, right? If we can't even make that choice for ourselves. So it comes down to something super simple, like, oh, like freedom of choice in your fridge, but that translates into this ultimately greater sense of of choice and freedom in your life. And so I think that it was just so beautiful to hear that you got that essence from what I was saying. Well, thank you. (laughs) The soul, the
2: mind, the heart, the will, the conscience of a person and their feelings about things that they need to navigate must be in charge. When the central nervous system, when these addictions kick in, it's often becomes a function almost of a central nervous system. They become involuntary functions, as I know is often the case with bulimia, for example. What do you know about bulimia?
1: So I actually had bulimia and I never even resonated with having bulimia because I remember I was told I had bulimia and I was like, no, I don't because I wasn't throwing up. And I think it's also important to know that just because you're not doing what you think is the classic uh, disorder, that doesn't mean you don't have it. I remember someone telling me, yes, but you're restricting and then you're binging and you're doing all these other things. Yes, you, you do have bulimia. And I think it was for me and I think for a lot of the women that I work with, it's more so on the obsession uh, around being perfect and this kind of I'm not valuable unless I'm absolutely perfect. And so you do all of these things to be perfect. And then there's this recognition that it's like, oh, shoot, I'm still not there. And then so it's like, well, then I'm just going to give up and do all of these things like binge or whatever. And then it's like, no, you feel guilty. And then it's the cycle continues. Right. And so did you actually purge?
2: Did you get to the place where you ate and purged?
1: So interestingly enough, I wouldn't say that I was purging, but specialists apparently were saying that I was purging because I was taking diet teas. I was taking pills that were, you know, purging me in other ways. I wasn't, right. again, physically throwing up, but I was purging. I was over exercising. I was taking things that would flush me out. And, and that's also why I say that I think uh, unfortunately a lot of women are on the spectrum of that. It's like, yeah, maybe you don't have bulimia, but you are. There is that thought of oh i'm eating this meal how am i going to purge it out and whether it be throwing up or whether it be okay well tomorrow i'm not going to eat or tomorrow i'm going to go for a long run and it's not coming from a place of freedom of choice it's not coming from a place of i'm going to run today because i feel really good running and i choose to run it's coming from a place of i need to run because if not i'm not lovable it's not from the want to it's from i have to to be accepted to be liked to from, I often say shoulding on yourself. You can't want a should. When we're doing things from a place of want, it's like the heart, as you say, it's mm-hmm. aligned, it's powerful, it's leading. When we're doing mm-hmm. things from a place of should, it's, it's mm-hmm. not. Right. We're disconnected from ourselves and we get so good at just doing the shoulds. And then we and then we stop and realize, I don't even know what I like anymore. I don't even know what I want to do anymore because I've ignored that for so long that now I only know what I should do. (laughs) And that's a really sad place to be. But the good news is, is it's there inside of you. We just have to find it again.
2: Wow. These are
1: very real dilemmas. It is. It's sad, especially when I talk to just young, beautiful, intelligent, like wonderful women. And again, they're and I know it's for men as well. Then they're saying, like, I don't even know what I like. I don't know what I want. And, and it comes starting from the food, right? It's like, I don't even know what food I like anymore. Cause I I've just been eating what I should be eating. Right. Or I don't even know what I want to do with, with my career. I don't know how to choose partners that I actually like, because there is, there's that sense of that missing of the soul purpose we we we've gotten so good at ignoring it and at being at thinking our way out of things versus feeling our way into things and you know that can really translate in the way of food but it also really translates into as you know relationships into career into so many things when we stop listening to our our intuition inside Our conscience, it's so
2: simple. It's your conscience. If your conscience is fierce, we often discuss the anatomy of dissent here, and it's a small part, but a significant part of our healing matrix is helping people understand how do things unravel Mm -hmm. in our thinking, and in this case, manifest in these eating disorders. And I keep it really, really simple. And it's profoundly true. And I've never Mm -hmm. found an exception to this. And lies. Lies we believe about ourselves. Lies Mm -hmm. we believe about others. Lies we believe about the world around us. So if you find yourself in this state of confusion, chaos, and dis-ease, and in these cycles of binging and purging, like Kiki just mentioned, I want you to just stop right now, pause, just pause, stop everything you're doing and ask yourself, what am I really confused about? My worth and my value in my job, in my marriage, in all my friendships? And is that accurate? Is that my perception or is it what people are actually saying? and try to write things down. What is it that's causing the greatest amount of confusion, chaos, and dis-ease? And it usually has to do with value, regret, feelings of unworthiness, performance, shame, and write down three things pertaining to that one thing, try to get as specific as you can, I think, if it's pertaining to my capacity to support myself. Write three things that are causing you confusion, chaos, and dis-ease, and an immense amount of shame and fear about your worth and your value pertaining to your capacity to support yourself without needing somebody. It might be having the courage and the strength to quit a job and follow this dream you have that you know you've been thinking about, planning for, but you just don't have the courage. What's causing confusion and chaos and disease with that particular thing? Perhaps it's a toxic relationship you're in. Maybe it's a marriage that you're in that you knew was wrong from the beginning, but you were so broken at that time that there's so much confusion, chaos, and disease around that marriage. What are the three lies you're believing about? And the reason that's important, because you need to identify the lies in your life to not violate your own conscience. How do, I, do we identify these lies? Write them down. Pray about them. Sit on them. Look at them. Go to somebody in your sphere of influence that you trust that is wise and pertaining to whatever situation you're processing and talk to somebody about them after you've prayed about them for about a week. Then go talk to somebody and say, in my estimation, these are the things I'm struggling with. And I'm going to give everyone a hint right now. And I don't usually do this, but I I felt compelled to do this with you right now, Kiki. There's three lies that will haunt you always And there's only three lies that have the capacity to really take you down. I want, I need, I deserve. That's it. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. They're the things that will enslave us and cause us to compromise our deepest convictions. So if you're having a difficult time identifying the lies, say, well, with this job, I wanted it and I was going to get it at any cost. I needed it because I was feeling so low and I was so desperate. I took whatever I could and I deserve to have that job in spite of all the compromises I made to get it. So there you see that the anatomy of the lies that perhaps have caused you to compromise your conscience right there can indicate if you know the path in, you can find your way out. So I don't know if I did. I don't know if that was clear enough, but if it wasn't all, what do you think Kiki was
1: that? I, oh my goodness. Okay. You're saying exactly what I do with clients just in, in different wording. So you say uh, lies that compromise consciousness, right? And, and I talk about your
2: conscience, your conscience, which is a property, not exactly, the verb. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I talk about non-value-based beliefs, aka lies, right? Operating in the gut that are running the show, right? And so, and it's like, what lies or non-value-based beliefs are you letting drive the bus right now? And it is the first step is just like you say, it's acknowledging them. It's, and, and, you know, you can, you can pray on them, write them down and and just, and really like lean into, okay, is this something that I want to believe? Does this feel true for me? Exactly. And I I think this is so important because it it transfers
2: the power from external things to an internal locus of control. Because if you can understand that the anatomy of every lie, the reason those lies have access to you Mm -hmm. is because you are compelled with the I want, I need, I deserve, driven by the central nervous system that's going to take what it wants first. And you must self-govern and say, no, that's not the root. Of government in my, in my life. That'll run my life to the ground. It's my mind, my heart, my will, my conscience, my very soul that must engage for me to take authority over these addictions, yes. whether it is eating, whether it is drugs, whether it's alcohol, in this case, whether it is food. Relationships. It doesn't matter. You can't give in to that impulse. And when you find that those impulses are driving you, I hope everybody listening can say, oh, wait a minute. That's because I wanted, I needed, and I deserved, and I did what I wanted. Well, guess what? That's okay. You have the liberty to do that, but it's going to enslave you. So if you can understand the road in, we can help you quickly find your way out. Is it painful? Yes. But it's not more painful than being in the bondage of an addiction, especially when it's slowly destroying your life, like eating disorders.
1: And I love anyway. that you, you discuss the process in a way that, yes, it's a process, but it's also totally possible. I think that there's this kind of trend now that it's like, we like to dig up our problems and then mm-hmm. feel like, you know, then, then we no. can't get out and it's like, oh, but then what about this? And then my answers, but as you say, it can actually sometimes be as simple as, you know what, if you know the way in, guess what? There's a way out, right? And we're and not yes, saying it's instant, yes. but it's, it's possible for you regardless of where you're at,
2: right? You have to um, identify the lies You have to identify the lies that you believed. And by the way, sometimes it is in our early formative years, but our parents didn't know better. They're struggling with the same things you're struggling with. They might manifest differently, but they're taken captive by the I want, I need, I deserve too. And it perhaps derailed in some measure their own life. And you were a child in that circumstance. So there was a lot of confusion in what you observed. Mm -hmm. But you remember, you observed all those things as a child, not as an adult, and you did not have all the information. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm saying when we can understand that the I want, I need, I deserve is always what gives those lies access to our very soul. Mm -hmm. Guess what? If we can understand that, we can stop at confusion unwrap that stuff. And then we will not violate our own conscience, which often referred to as sins. Our sins is when we violate our conscience, we desecrate something sacred about ourselves. And what happens? Then that's where we cover, we hide, and we blame. And with eating disorders, there's so much shame. There's so much self-blame. I think the anatomy of dissent is really clearly and best understood in the context of an eating disorder. You know you don't need That candy bar, you know, you don't need the salad, but then you want it. I, you know, you want it. I need it. And then I deserve it. Those are the three things. But where is that coming from? Why do I have to have that? Because you need comfort. It's going to bring you a measure of comfort, a measure of, you You mentioned it last episode, control. It's going to give you authority over something. And you can't control anything else in your life, but I can control this. But at the same time, your body is saying, please, I'm not well. This doesn't feel good. Your body is speaking to you. Your brain is trying to process the conflict between your soul, your mind, your heart, your will, your conscience, and your body not needing it, wanting it, feeling like it deserves it. The brain is what's trying to reconcile that. And I'll tell you right now, in the work of Dr. Hammer, German New Medicine, and i, I, I reference this often, I encourage our listening audience to research the work of Dr. Homer. When the brain can't reconcile the conflict That conflict I just described, guess what? To not lose itself and to regulate the magnitude and the pressure of those imbalances, it sends signals to whatever correlating organ is involved in this transaction, and that is going to be where the disease states set in. It's amazing to watch the consequence of unresolved conflicts. They don't just manifest themselves in addictions. They manifest themselves in where those stuck patterns are in the brain. And then the brain, to save the life of the body, will translate the conflict that couldn't be reconciled in the soul nor in the brain. It sends the messages in hopes and it it translates, downloads the conflict into the body. And that's where we begin to understand various disease states like cancer and various autoimmune diseases, and the unresolved conflicts that manifest themselves in the anatomy of a person. But it's from not understanding the role of the spirit, the soul, and the body, and processing information.
1: So I want to give people authority to heal yourself. So I'm so happy that you brought that up, because I think that it does, it brings hope to even what we were just talking about, right? It, It see the addiction that the disorder, it it's in a way it's like, okay, you can stop it and catch it now before it becomes it actually manifests as cancer in the body as something else, right? And so it's a communication from the body if you're suffering with whether it be an eating disorder or something else. It's not doomsday. For you, It's it's red flags day. <laughs> and, and it's time to, you know, actually address the root cause, which I know your work very, very much does it gets to the essence of what it is. And so I think that it's important to see the light in what you just said, and, you know, use this as information and communication so that we can reverse the, the trap.
2: Yes, because then people aren't defining themselves by what they were diagnosed. They're defining themselves by their capacity to self-govern. And it's amazing. The conversations become so substantive. The conversations they have with themselves, the conversations they have with others. I don't believe in the diagnosing, treatment, and cure model. The diagnosis is simple we're conflicted within ourselves. The treatment is 180. Whatever direction you're going, you got to turn the other way. And the cure is freedom. That is the model that I subscribe to because over the last 15 years, specifically the last eight and 10 years that I served as director of inner healing, I saw the fruit of those words I just spoke. When the diagnosis is a conflict that you have within yourself. And we share this as human beings. We're all conflicted about something, right? We live in a fallen world where there is confusion, chaos, and disease. I speak about this often in the context of my podcasts. Then the treatment is to turn the other way. And that's painful, yes. And it takes disciplines and it takes conversations like this for sure. And we all learn from each other. But the cure is freedom. And that's when, you know, you're not enslaved by things. Anyway, you have the last word.
1: (laughs) I think you did it perfectly, which was freedom, freedom of choice. Let it be your choice. What is health to me? And as I said, I've, as you've said, I've seen the the fruits of this as well. Health is freedom. It's joy, independence. And so find your freedom, however, however you can let that be your journey and your path back to health. It's freedom.
2: Yes, it is. And that freedom is going to be difficult to find if you don't begin to take back the narrative of wellness. And the narrative of wellness is this. You must understand the philosophy, what's true and what's not, the theology about God is or God isn't about how the soul works through the brain in the body. We're all theologians and we're all philosophers. The only question is, are we good ones? Are we, can we tolerate conversations from both sides and reason and say, is that congruent with laws of nature, things that are self-evident and speak to my natural affections? And you will find that the path to healing is a lot easier than you ever
1: dreamt possible. Wow. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Thank you. <laughs> Truly. That was so powerful. I'm, I'm so happy that we continued the conversation.
2: Well, it's my honor to have you and let's collaborate and let's help as many people as we can as possible.
1: Oh, let's do it. Thank you, Virginia.
2: Oh, you're welcome. And those listening, Kiki and I want to invite you to join us in stepping in these places of rest. We have modules online. We have on-demand modules. And we just put something out there because we were hearing from people all over the country. And honestly, since the podcast, we've heard from you all over the world. And we're in the process of getting them translated into other languages. But it's really around these principles of freedom and understanding that to secure freedom, you must understand liberty, your capacity to self-govern. And we have modules. Module one is just an overview. So you can understand the language of liberty, how to secure freedom, and understand how to reason and think in ways that will not violate your conscience right? And we invite you to that process. Module two is about application, we get into the physiology and the anatomy of rest. And then module three is you're certified. And to some extent, you're going to be able to take this, not only will it be beneficial to you in your pilgrimage of healing, but take it to others. So with that, Kiki and I bid you farewell. <laughs> and thank you all bye, for joining everyone. us.
0: Thank you. Bye bye. We were so pleased to have Kiki with us on the podcast today. And in honor of all of the women who struggle with disordered eating, we want to support your healing by giving 25% off for our on-demand day of rest event through our website. Just use the coupon code KIKI in all caps at checkout. If you'd like more information about Kiki or to get in touch, you can go to her website kikiathanas.com or follow her on Instagram at kiki underscoreathanas. That's A-T-H-A-N-A-S.